All right, what's up, everyone? My name is Justin Odisho. Welcome back to episode 12 of the podcast, and this is actually a very special one. I don't usually do the intros right in front of people, but today we're doing our first in-person podcast with a video tag-along piece. So if you're watching on YouTube, hello. If you're listening on iTunes, you can check it out on YouTube for the video version. But today, joined with me, finally, someone around the area. This is yes, cool, yes. in person. I got Nick Marhedic, right? I pronounced it That's her? right, Marhedic, Argentine. <laughs> okay, cool, I was going to ask you that. Nick is a director, editor, creator, and he's coming off of a pretty big past year, I'd say, shooting and like being a part of some of the biggest videos coming out of the city here of Detroit. And uh, so I wanted to sit down and talk with Nick kind of get some of his story and how he got oh himself boy. into this not in the <laughs> i say it like it's a bad thing how he put himself in position to have those moments because i think a lot of you listening might be maybe in his shoes a couple years ago maybe networking around your city shooting local videos like hustling trying to catch that moment so we're gonna get into it see what he's up to where he's been and where he's going. Let's do it. What's up? That was all one take. Not bad. That's pretty clean, Honestly, right? I'm pretty impressed. So Marhedic, it's Argent Argentinian? Yes. And, and well, my father's from Argentina. That's his last name. But his family was from Scandinavia. And I believe that my last name in in his origin tongue is pronounced Margatich. Margatich, okay. But that's kind of a mouthful for America. So, so where did Marhedic come from? I, to be honestly, I don't know. So that's where you get the fair features, yes, the Scandinavian yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. I couldn't peg like what you were. I was like, Greek, what is he? People normally think I'm like Polish or something. <laughs> yeah, like something, something like yeah. that. But, and um, how did you get started, you know, picking up a camera, getting into right. the creative field? Was it since you were young? Well, um, you know, I always think that I started later than I actually did. Uh, but I guess I always was infatuated by cameras um, when I was young. Um, even when I'd be playing like on the trampoline with my friends or I was really into like swords and, you know, like Lord of the Rings and that kind of stuff. I was a little bit of a nerd, still am. And, um, during that time, like we used to, you know, play games and we used to recreate these characters and a part of me always wanted to, you know, capture it and document it so that I could show whoever it didn't matter. And, um, doing that early on and I never really was like truly connected with it. It was just kind of more of like a fantasy and then I got into skateboarding and I don't know if you know about the skateboarding culture, but one thing that's very important with skateboarding is that you have to capture your tricks because if you know, if you didn't film it, then it didn't happen. So we filmed everything. I was the guy who would be filming. I'd also be skating and I'd have to always convince and beg my friends to let me film because they, at first they didn't, you know, that it takes time. It's, it's a commitment. You have to yeah. do multiple takes. It has to look right. It has to be in focus, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, yeah, skateboarding kind of like jump-started it how, for how me. How old were you? Like when you were I was 13. 13 so when I started. you started pretty, yeah, yeah. pretty young, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. And I, this is actually, this is actually uh, not too uncommon of a story, I think, for mm -hmm. music video directors. Um, like even a guy I look up to, Colin Tilly, I know he came up from a similar background. Um, came up in the skateboarding extreme sports world. Uh, Camera Jesus in Detroit, very oh, yeah. dope photographer. He came out in the same thing, extreme sports. So um, that kind of segued into short films. Um, I got some scholarships and I won some money for college off of a couple things I did in high school with video. And um, and one day, how I really got into shooting music videos is I was at a hookah lounge when I was 18 and I was chilling, um, relaxing, not really doing too much. And this kid, uh, he was rapping, he's freestyling. And I myself love to freestyle. And if you know me, then you know this to be true. Um, so if I see another person freestyling, I will go up to them. I will join. And um, I did. We got to talking and he asked me, oh, what do you do? I told him, well, you know, I like to film. I make short films, blah, blah, blah. He said, how much do you charge for a music video? And at that moment, like, my brain opened in a way because I'd never envisioned myself making money off of shooting video. It was just always something that I enjoyed and I was passionate about. So when he asked me, I kind of froze and I, I don't fucking know. I have no <laughs> idea. A hundred bucks, I guess. He's oh, okay, bet you're hired. So I was like, sweet. And I, you know, I'd prep for it. I filmed it. And you know, four years later, here I am doing this yeah. podcast. And so 
that's a very similar story to i just had jacob on the show last yeah. time he said like a very similar thing like he used to draw characters do all this crazy stuff when he was a kid right and then somebody just asked him shout out jacob owens yeah shout out jacob somebody just asked him yo you want to do a music video for me i know you're into cameras like how much do you charge and you're like well i guess i do music videos so take it back before that though i yep. want to get into like you said you're argentinian so were you born here did you did you move here did your parents immigrate here i was born in michigan uh, my mom was born in canada but my dad was born in argentina but i tie most closely with my dad's heritage and my dad's roots um because uh, honestly they're very like family oriented and they um they make great food and they do all kinds <laughs> of sweet shit so like i always gravitated to that part of my ethnicity and um yeah, so only my dad came from Argentina, so I'm I'm half and half. Okay, yeah. uh, so because being, I mean, how how close to Detroit were you? Like, were you um, all, were you were you in, like in a, always in this area or in the? I was born area? in Pontiac. Pontiac. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so I was kind of yeah, I was I I guess what northwest, yeah, um, from Detroit, and from Pontiac I moved to Rochester Hills and I went to high school in Auburn or went to high school in Auburn Hills at Avondale uh class 2013 shout outs and um yeah then i pretty much when i graduated i, I went to oakland university for like a couple years and I, I moved to hazel park i got a crib and um ever since then i've been kind of like pretty close to detroit and yeah south of south of nine mile yeah and i think everyone that lives in this metro area you know that this city of detroit influences them coming up it's, it's like Big time. I was born in Detroit, but then we, our family moved as well. But, you know, I went to Detroit public schools. I went, I mean, we're, okay. we're always going down. And not my whole, like, <laughs> I moved in, like, second or third grade. But right. I we think, had a stint. <laughs> I had, Yeah, I think it instills, it instills something in you. Like, Hustle. Yeah. What did it, what did it instill in you? Hustle. Hustle? Absolutely. 100%. I, I remember... I, I used to have a job in high school and like I hated it. I, I just like I worked at a uh, at an ice cream shop at first when I was 16. That was my first job. And uh, my dad owned a soccer club. I had like toyed around with coaching. But like my first like employment was the ice cream shop. And the only reason why I liked working there is because it was like me and all girls and, and, and my boy Mark. Shout out Mark. <laughs> and um, and we had uh, I used to have fun, you know, just like flirting. And but I always hated having a boss to me like that was like. I, I don't know. It wasn't that I didn't respect them or it wasn't that I didn't like think that they were, you know, like good at what they do or whatever. I just did not like taking orders. And as a result, like my work ethic was a little uh, shoddy. Yeah. Like I, but when it, when it came to skateboarding or when it came to making short films or like I was in musical theater and like all kinds of shit, when it was something I was interested in, I, I would hustle and I would, you know, constantly improve and I want to document it and want to share it. But if I wasn't interested, then I would kind of put it to the back burner. So yeah. When I really started coming into the city, I realized that you got to get it out the mud. So if you don't hustle, then you're not going to come up. You're not going to get the jobs you want. So um, Detroit definitely installed a lot of hustle into me that I, I didn't really get when I was like, you know, in the burbs. Yeah. Did you have any uh, other siblings or yeah. anything? I, I know your parents I had, had a, that family culture. Exactly. Did you did your siblings have any? influence on you yeah um specific i mean like i had two old, i'm the youngest so i had two older sisters and one older brother um and i i mean they all had different influences on me my oldest sister got married and kind of moved to a different state so she i always looked up to her but I, I, we were more distant and my my brother pato patricio marhedic jr he um he really had a big influence on me even doing this at all because he's a music artist himself and he was signed um, to Danon Porter when I first started shooting video. Uh, he had a label called... What was the label called? Um, I don't remember what the and, label was called. And who is Danon Porter? He is a member... He's a f former member of D12. Uh, and so he's, you know, came up with Eminem, Bizarre, all those guys. And Pato was signed to him. He was at the studio all the time with like Royce to Five Nine and yeah. like Kid Vicious and uh, Young Rock, other people. And as in like an eighteen year old, I'd like find my way to that studio and like pick up little jobs and kind of like kickstart my like network and yeah. that shit. So he definitely had a big impact on like my come up. Yeah, and he's he's older than you. Yeah, ten years. Now I'm wondering if Nick is short for like 
Nicolato or something. I wish. <laughs> That'd be way more exciting. No, but uh, that's really interesting that you had an older brother. You said 10 years? 10 years, yeah. Okay, so he's significantly older than Correct. you. Correct. Uh, like a generation ahead. And he was in these studios right. in the city. Making music. What kind of music did he make? Uh, Motown, soul, R&B, uh, acoustic. He's yeah. kind of like a John Mayer type guy. I mean, except he's pot of Love up, John Mayer. Shout yeah, out yeah. Shout out John Mayer. <laughs> and that new album is so fire. Yeah. But um, yeah, so he made like, you know, lighter hearted music. Uh, definitely not like the kind of shit I was shooting music videos for. Yeah. But. So like how old were you when you were in, in those set, like hanging out in the studio? 18. About 18. Mm-hmm. It was about and 18. you said you were picking up jobs. What kind of jobs were you picking up? Mm, photo shoots, um, just little things, promo videos. Um, I went down to South by Southwest when I was 18. I skipped uh, I skipped my college exam for it. Um, and I went down to Texas, yeah, in like a van full of like a whole bunch of like rappers. And like I got paid like 150 bucks to like go down there and like shoot for three days. And just like little things, man. Like I... Just like like little profits and everything that I would make, I would stack, I would stack, I'd stack, I'd stack, and then invest and invest and invest, and that was that Detroit hustle, and I, you know, I did that for oh, like two, three years straight. And what did you like? You saved up all this money for what was it? One big purchase or something? No, no, it was a bunch of um. I mean, every time it was a big purchase, you know, I would, yeah. I, would I got my, I started off with a T3i, the yeah. the ultimate the ultimate startup yeah. a startup camera of like 2010. Um, and I purchased a 6D first, which was like 2000 at the time. I was like 18. So that was like a lot of cash for mm-hmm. me at that time. And then I, you know, I copped some lenses varying in price from like 500 to a couple thousand. Um, I got support gear, I got computers and like, you know, 500, a thousand, 2000, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. So all in the meantime, I was trying to have a social life, go out every once in a while, hang with my friends, you know, go up to state or go up to like one of the colleges and have fun. I mean, I didn't have a whole lot of time for fun though, as far as like, I mean, I guess the classic definition of like young adulthood fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just a bunch of little investments over time. Yeah. I'm no stranger to that. And obviously you can start nowadays with just your phone and I recommend anyone do, but yeah, it gets, yeah. it adds up your camera, your lens, your whatever. And support gear, yeah. your computers, your software, all these microphones and stuff, <laughs> microphones and stuff. <laughs> Um, but so did you start off doing photography first or mm. was it video right away or like, was it just the still photos? I always liked photography, you know, but like I never like really went down the path of like purchasing photo gear. Yeah. So I, you know, when I had my T3i or whatever and I'd be like doing skate videos or short films, like I'd always snap up photos too. I loved it. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, I knew some stuff about the settings and it was cool. It was something that I liked, but I, I really went down that, that motion path because, um, to me, it was just more exciting. Yeah. Um, I, a lot of people might think that capturing a single frame is more exciting, and it, you know, it can be. Um, but I decided not to get, you know, the strobes and, and and that kind of equipment. And of course, if I was going to go into photo, that's what I would have wanted to do. I, I don't think that equipment makes the artist, but I think that you need the right tools, you know, you need utensils at your side to create. Yeah, absolutely. You just use the best you have at the at that time at your hand. Uh, so, was that did you travel a lot? You said you had that that thing where you went with a van full of people. Was that like like couple week experiences? I didn't travel a whole lot in the beginning. Um, I went to Texas. That was big for me at that time. That was, was that super, your first time like yeah. leaving Michigan? Well, no, no, or, no. I'm, but that was my first time leaving for, for like for more, video. Yeah. You know, so like I left. That was huge. You know, I, I like that was kind of like when I, I I that was like one of those early moments where I kind of was going to start deciding that college wasn't for me. And, um, yeah, I, I went to Texas and then I, I went to, I went to like Flynn, just like not far, you know, yeah. nowhere too far ever. Um, until like, I like until I turned, turned about 20, I went to Toronto with an artist named Willie J. Peso. It was dope at the time. Um, and then I really just started traveling over the course of the last like year and a half when I started getting into with, with the labels and, yeah. you know, I, with corporations and stuff like that. So you're so you're getting into label work now, but right. how did it start? What were your first like? You were in college. You had the kind of built up the confidence that right. okay, wow, I can make money off of this. Oh, I'm getting to go to these places. Uh, you see opportunity in it. How did that kind of start from the first stages? Was it just like like you said, 
at the hookah lounge, that first music video, right. then what happened? Um, well, did you post that on like? Is that when you created a YouTube channel? Yeah, I, I mean, no, I had I had a YouTube one? channel. Yeah. Um, I, I had a YouTube channel. I was putting my short films on it, and they were popping. I was I was making short films, and um, you know the high the high school was they liked them yeah. because it was dope. It was different. No one was doing it. We were like doing little zombie things and little you know dramas and shit. I, I like to write too, so. I, I wrote some scripts, and I wrote some scripts with my, one of my childhood best friends, John. He also, you know, came up with me in the beginning, and um, he's also right next to me. Shout out, John. Shout out to John. Um, <laughs> and I, uh, oh, shit. Well, I lost my train of thought. Um, what did you do after that? That So you had that video at the Hookah Lounge. Right, right. Okay. Was he happy with it? Yeah, was he like, no, what he is happy. this? Did no, he was happy. He was happy. I, I, I needed a lot of development, you know. Yeah. I was new. It was my first music video. But um, what'd you do with that check? You just saved it. Is that when you oh, started? Oh man, hundred bucks cash, five twenties, baby. <laughs> I put that shit right in my wallet. Probably got some food or something. That first payment. Yeah, I don't think I was looking into investing too much back yeah. then. But then but, what? Did he hire you for another one, or did he say, um, "Hey, my buddy here also wants a video"? Yeah, he tried to plug me in with his guys, but um, no comment. And uh, you know, then I, I did a couple videos for my brother after that. Like I said, he's a musician, and you know, we were staying at the, we were both living with our parents at the time. And, um, so we did a couple videos and had some fun. I would, I popped up at the studio, um, like I said, where he was at. And, you know, then I started meeting some people and I came up on, uh, some, pro some producers and artists. Like I met, I met young rock there and young rock introduced me to, uh, you know, Oba Rowan and some other people. And I met Royce there. I did his baby shower. That was one of my early jobs. It was super dope. Um, and I just kind of, you know, did a few like hundred, two hundred dollar music videos for a couple different various hip-hop artists and um i did i think a wedding that first summer too so i kind of like started to put my name out there in the wedding community and i um i would just take everything that i could get at that time because at that time it was either i'm gonna make this money and i'm going to do these jobs so i can invest or i'm going to be i'm not going to do this because you can't you know beggars can't be choosers in the beginning so I paid my dues, you know, heavily paid my dues. There was times where I didn't get paid. There was times where I was dealing with shady people. I didn't know. There was times where I didn't I had no idea what, what kind of situations I was getting myself into, but I always took them in stride. And um, it was just a lot of, a lot of ambition and a lot of like, uh, just a lot of hope at that time too. You know, like the, the big dreams and, you know, like big city dreams yeah. and, and, and envisioning yourself in, in these situations and, and just doing what you can to take a step closer to that every day was like really what I was focused on at that time. I was going to school, but that shit wasn't for me. Where where did those big ambitions come from? Because not everybody right knows or has those. I mean, I think they were installed in me by my father first and foremost. My dad, um, he was, you know, he was born in Argentina, and he grew up in a very very poor area um, of Avellaneda, which is like a um, a slum. Um, outside of Buenos Aires, which is the capital of Argentina, and he um, he was a very gifted soccer player. I was so, just gonna say soccer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when I thought Argentina, I thought yeah, soccer. no, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So he was a walking Argentina stereotype, and he he was very gifted soccer player, and he um, he had a lot of friends, you know, in the slum that did a lot of drugs and a lot of like pretty crazy things that he ultimately could have definitely gotten into but he decided to go with passion instead and um you know his friends you know actually kind of kept him away from doing some of the things that he were doing kept him on track and uh he took his ambitions and he, he built he built himself a professional soccer career and moved to america and started a family so i mean that was my role model that was my og and he kind of like always installed into me he I mean, he wanted me to play soccer, but I didn't. I mean, I, wasn't, yeah. I, mean, I like sports. I'm athletic, but soccer was not my my, 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 my strong suit. So he kind of inspired me at a young age to just do whatever I, I, I you know, I liked. And um, as a result, I think that had a big impact on me. And my brother, you know, he was a musician. He, had, he has been for years and years. So, yeah, that was another role model, of course. Yeah. So I looked up to those two guys, and it definitely inspired me to have big city dreams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um... So you were doing all these videos at the time you weren't working like you had the ice cream shop job like you mentioned. Yeah. Did you have any other odd jobs and things? Yeah, that you I did worked at a, I worked at a shell gas station. Um 
that I used to visit all the time uh, with Tony. He was like this. He was like this strict Chaldean dude, but he was like I fuck with Chaldeans. So he was he was uh, he was cool. And I worked there for like a year. I also worked at um, the sports stadiums with this brand called Brand Affinity. I used to be the, like the guy who would like run around and try and take your photos in the stands and like you know like get you to come in front of the green screen and pay twenty dollars for it. That's me. It's good days, but that company like went absolutely bankrupt. And when that kind of dried up, that's when I decided like, okay, this is the last job that I'm going to have. That's like, you know, that, cause I had buried you. I was like 19 when that, yeah. you know, closed. So I had already been in the game for a year. And I, I think at that point was when I really decided like, okay, I think I'm just gonna, you know, go for it, put my whole attention into myself from this point forward. Yeah. 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 I had a similar moment like that. And so I know what must've been going on in your head. Then you're looking at, your budget, your finances, whatever your situation, yep. and you have an option, right? Work, school, and then your creative right. passions. Did you did that scenario play out in your head? Yeah, a whole bunch, man. Like, I was going to school, and um, I liked it. Yeah, like I did like it overall, and I feel like anything that I anything that I apply myself to in in this life, I am confident that I'll do well because I won't let myself you know, slip or fall and I'm self-motivated and I, I, I believe that I'm multi-talented and I'm hardworking, which is first and foremost. So talent and, you know, everything else is second to hard work, I believe. So I could, I think I definitely could have excelled in school, but I, you know, when I was balancing what you just said, the school and the work and my creative passions, the creative passion is just what excited me the most. So I definitely had that moment. Well, first it was with work, you know, first I cut work out of that equation and I said, okay, forget that. If I'm broke, I'm broke. If I'm, you know, if I win, then I win. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take it by the heels and just do what I can. And, you know, but I'll still go to school. And, um, I started, you know, picking up more clients, you know, momentum builds, obviously the more time you put into it, the more work you have out there. Um, the bigger your network is, I started to get a little name for myself. Uh, I my I got like a, a catchy name on Instagram, and people always just recognized it. And uh, I was like one of the, like I was like the only white kid in Detroit who was like doing what I was doing. So um, I stood out like a sore thumb. A tall Argentinian. <laughs> exactly. <kid> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it was like a it was like a culture shock for like you know some of the people I was working with, and like it was becoming a little bit of an experience, you know, to have me like on set with them because it was this young white kid who's like dancing and rapping and shooting like you know and doing crazy shit so i was doing that and i was building my brand and i, I came to a point where like even my mom was kind of like starting to tell me like nick you should drop out of college and i was like and my dad actually my dad was a little skeptical but um and i was skeptical but my mom was saying just drop out drop out really really that's like rare i feel like very rare like nobody would have that very rare exactly so um my mom my mom kind of enthused me to do it and um i wanted to anyways bro. Yeah. like so when i dropped school out of the equation it definitely it definitely freed up a lot of mental space and you once you really decide to put 100 percent into something you will notice like big 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 results so once I dropped it, once once I dropped school and I you know I, I kept my focus more spotlit instead of flooded all over the place, that's when I really started to make huge huge leaps and bounds. And what were those huge leaps and bounds then? So I, you quit school. Yeah, I picked up you a couple. Out, and then what? You're like, okay, now what was the goal then? Just to make enough money to survive yeah. or? Well, the, the the goal was always Obviously the same. You're not like life or death, but <laughs> no, no, no. But the goal was always the same, man. Like um, number one, happen. earn it by myself. Um, you know, be my own boss and, uh, continue to do dope work that I believe in. And at that time, I believe that my goal was to just, um, become more recognized in the city and expand my horizons. So I was kind of doing music videos and I was doing like a couple of sprinkled weddings and every once in a while I do an odd job. Um, but then I started picking up corporate clients, like right when I dropped out, that's part of the reason. That's part of the reason why too. So like, that's when I started seeing real money um, because with music videos, even two, three years in, I was even working with some of the hottest artists in the city at that time, you know, the Vezos and cash dolls and payrolls and blah, blahs and blue blues. But 
I, you know, I still wasn't seeing a whole lot of like cheese. So like I, when I started working with corporations and they put me on a contract and they would, you know, like pay for all my travel and they would, you know, actually pay me like good. And like, I was like, damn, this is possible. (laughs) And once I saw some money, I was able to open my mind with my videos and say, look, I'm going to put in more work than anybody else into these music videos. I'm going to do what I can to try and shift the like the expectation of quality around here and like step the bar up and I'm going to charge more for it. And ultimately I'm going to you know, put a whole lot more into it. So once I kind of developed that mindset, then it really started to expand my brain and I started to realize what I, what I was, you know, what I was capable of. I mean, half, half of the time you're afraid of what you're capable of. So you right when you want to put in a hundred percent, you kind of convince yourself not to because well, what if I fail? Yeah. And, you know, once I had a, a little bit of financial, like, you know, safety net in the bank, I said, fuck it, let me just, let me just go crazy. And then we started, you know, the, the price was started going up for music videos and, you know, the caliber of artists started to increase and we would, you know, work with people who were a lot more established and people who took their craft more seriously. And uh, that led to a lot of, a lot of other doors open. I don't know. So, so... Music videos is what you were more passionate about and you were just kind of doing the commercial work. What, what kind of commercial work, for example? I was working, well, I was and still am working with a company called Mimic um, Insurance. So like they do teacher's insurance. Are they local? Uh, yeah, they're, they started in Detroit, I believe, but they're also in Wisconsin and Illinois. So um, they're a pretty decent sized corporation and they kind of took a chance on me. Um, it's funny, they actually, um, they, one of their interns shot me a DM and like I almost lost their DM like in translation to like all of the rapper DMs like yo what your price is and like yo you charge what or like what up white boy and then there was like one it was like hi this is Sydney from Mimic Insurance <laughs> and I was like what the fuck at that time so I clicked it I'm so thankful that I clicked it because if I would have let it go that would have been a great relationship that would have never been built so always take a chance on always take that extra couple seconds if you have it if you think about doing it then just do it as far as responding to an email or or checking into someone because sometimes they'll surprise you and um so when i started working with them um i was passionate about it but it was like a little bit you know it wasn't flashy it wasn't a music video it was you know um calm relaxing corporate which is cool in its own and it's an art in its own but it's definitely like it doesn't have that wow factor that a music video brings it was more work yeah it was, it was less work. creative sure more like professional but at that time with the less creativity and the more professionalism came a bigger paycheck yeah which was like amazing for investments and just you know my, my comfort i was i was driving around a beater I was driving around a cobalt that like made the worst engine sounds and like I had to like stuff like a crane into it and I was like cramped. I could barely move and I was driving in that bitch for like two years back and forth from Detroit to Rochester and didn't care. And never did. But when I was actually, you know, I was able to like get a car, a nice car and that I could actually put my equipment into and I started to I started to see that like, damn, not only is there money in this industry, but like, you know, if you play your cards right, if you hustle hard, then not only can you live, but you can live good. And that's when I wanted to, I said, fuck it, let me go next level with the, with the videos, or at least for what I'm capable of. So so you jumped back into the music videos as yep. your bigger focus. Who were some of the like pivotal artists that you got established a relationship with? Like You said you were already working with some big names yep. in the city. What were some of those moments that you can remember, like, uh, like, like Royce the Five Nine or something, yeah. like knowing him or knowing this person? Yeah, well, one of the one of the most pivotal moments for me early on was um, there's a producer named Dre Butters in the city and he had a album release party like a listening party and he debuted um, a music video that I shot for him there and oh my gosh the music video looking back now is just is terrible but for whatever reason um, you know people liked it at that time I guess it was different and and yada yada but at that party there was a lot of high profile people who um, were you know good people to meet like I met DJ BJ there from 107.5. I ended up building a relationship with him and doing some work. I met another artist named Sino there who's like pretty dope guy. I did some good work with him. And through Sino, I met a guy named Roger. And Roger owns an amazing studio. And I basically, this party kind of kickstarted a few relationships for me. So I would say that was a pivotal moment when like my, my video got displayed to this party. Definitely built a relationship with um, BJ from 107.5 and Sino and Roger and a few other really cool people. 
um, Vezo. I had an early relationship with Vezo, I swear. Um, Eastside. I did videos with him and his boys and PZ and a couple other guys early on. Um, those like I, those were like videos that like were getting hundreds of thousands of views and like the views that I had like never imagined or seen before. So um, you know that was pretty pivotal. I it helped me, gave me a kickstart, and it was definitely made for a hilarious picture. Me with all those guys like on Six yeah. Mile and Shaner. So I'm um, laughing because I, I know what's to come. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so so you now you're networking with all these people. So you're getting views you've ever seen. Did you feel like this is it? I, I made it kind of. No, no, I never did. I never did because the thing is, I always wanted more, and I think that's why people respected me, is because I, good was never good enough, for me. I always wanted to do something more. I always wanted to hustle, whether or not it was the best project you've ever seen in your life or not. I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it cool, and then I wanted to do another one, and I wanted and I had that mindset for years strong, so. It was, I never really felt like I made it. And honestly, even now, I, I make pretty good money. I can support myself. I, I, you know, I've hired a couple guys. And even now, I definitely don't feel like I made it. Hell no. Yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm in the right direction. But I know that there's a lot more to achieve and there's a lot more to go, a lot more to learn. Yeah. So what was that next moment then? So you okay. picked up some traction yeah. from the listening party. Did you meet like someone specific and shot a specific video that was another one? Yeah. Well, like I said, I met BJ. And, um, obviously I, 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 he, he did a song at that time where like, he kind of did like one of those like DJ Khaled style songs where he like hosts it and then he yeah. brings artists together. I shot that video and, you know, BJ was connected and plugged and, you know, he, he, he like kind of like little broed me for a while and I, he'd bring me out on live shows that I, I went out with like Ray Shremmerd and like Yo Gotti and Future and a couple people and he would be DJing and I'd be there capturing it on stage, which was dope. Um, and, you know, some of these relationships led to other ones. I worked with an artist named Nisha Nache, who I still work with now. She's now signed to Rock Nation, and we, we got some dope work in. But, um, of course, the, the big one would be T, Grizzly, obviously. And that's a whole story of its own, so I feel free to ask let's, me whatever you let's want. Let's get into it. So how did you first meet, how did your relationship with uh, T, Grizzly start? So T, I had never heard his name. I had never seen him or heard of him, and I knew everybody in the the like Detroit hip hop rap scene. I had been around. I was uh, a very recognizable character. This is about like two, three years, or like two years, three years. T T Grizzly is less than a year ago now. Well, well you like like doing all this work with DJ Media. Yeah, yeah, no, this was like two and a half, three years ago. Like putting in work, you know. Yeah, about about two years ago is when I like really was like known and recognized and like kind of starting to get respected in the city. And so this relationship with T Grizzly, when did that start? This started about a year ago, almost probably about a, almost a year ago from today. Um, I, I the first time that I ever talked to T was on the phone. Um, his manager called me. He had just gotten out of jail, and his manager got my number from a producer named Helva. Who's a good friend of mine. Helva does like everybody's beats in Detroit. Yep. He's super dope, um, and. Helva got my number from Nisha. So obviously people are connected and making relationships is important. So back to T. Um, his manager called me. She wanted, she got my specs. How much do you charge? This, that, the third. And, you know, she kind of hit me. I had no idea who she was. And she called me kind of late. And um, she kind of just like bullet, bullet, like point fire line, like hit me with all these questions. And I was like, uh, I, uh, who are you? Right. And it kind of caught me off guard, but I said, you know what? Who cares? It's, I mean, it's just another, it's someone who wants a video and I'm sure that he has an interesting story. Okay. Send me over the song. And they sent me over, they sent over the song. And the first time I heard it, I was like, okay, this is dope. I, I wasn't like, I wasn't like blown away until like the third or fourth time that I heard the song. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, this is a fucking banger. But so yeah, he was three, I think two or three days out of jail when, when they called. And she said, look, we need this video to be, you know, conceptualized, shot, edited, everything released. Boom. Within the next four days. I was like, okay, shit. Well, let's do it then. So we met up, we met downtown. We, we talked about the treatment. We had a, like, we had an original, like if, oh my gosh, if our original first day out treatment came to life, it would have been so much different than the video that actually, um, you know, what the, was that what was man we had all kinds of crazy shit we had like chase scenes and like <laughs> someone getting lit on fire and like it was like 
It was like some like violent action movie Detroit horror story type shit. But um, was there like a budget behind it, or like a label situation? He had a manager. Coming yeah, he had a manager. Him. There was like not like a true budget behind it at that point. It was kind of like, um, I mean, there was like we made money off it, you know, but like it wasn't like a like a huge yeah. job. I'm thinking um, like he had a manager. Is that because he was signed to something? His manager is actually related to him. Okay. So yeah. um, their family, and I guess that he they saw some talent. Uh, yeah, they, she saw talent, and T's a bright kid. Yeah. You know, he's smart and he, you know, he not only did he go to college, but I think he went on scholarship and he, he he's, he's bright. So, um, he's someone that definitely like is, you know, you can get behind, but yeah, we, we didn't really have much. We didn't have much money to play with. You know, we kind of just like resourced a lot of things. And like the only thing that was in the original treatment that actually ended up like getting like screen time in the video was um the scene where t is back to back with himself yeah, in the basement cool <laughs> yeah we ended up using his uncle uh i was gonna say the, did you do some sort of post-production cloning yeah. no we did like honestly like it's it was a lot more it was like pretty simple to make it happen but like i think that it i think that it, the effect got pulled off which is dope yeah so um so yeah we shot that video four days shot edited everything boom done um and they dropped it on Fashel Mag. Shout out to Joe. And when they dropped it, I don't know what the fuck happened. I don't know who called who. I don't know how it happened. But And you know what? Before I get into this, when we were shooting First Day Out, there was a certain aura to T. Um, we, you know, we were around and there were people who, who came with T and then there was people who were just kind of like in the area while, while we were shooting and when we were shooting and T had like this certain star quality to him that was like radiating to everywhere he went. And, you know, but to me, he was, you know, I didn't know him. I didn't know who he was. No one knew who he was, but when he was out, people gravitated to him. And I remember we ran into band gang at the shoot and, you know, they were fucking with them. They were, they were fucking with the song and. Um, just everywhere we went and we played that song, people would, you know, be vibing, kind of going crazy. And, and T at that time was a little bit more shy and a little, a little bit more reserved. But, um, yeah, he had this star quality. So when we dropped the video, we definitely didn't think it was about to be like what it was. But and granted, if we did know, we would have probably, you know, did all kinds of different yeah. shit because, you know, it's 80 million views. Yeah, maybe it wouldn't have happened like yeah, that. But, you know, you never know. You can't control it. But when it dropped, I remember clicking the refresh button after like 10 minutes just to like check on the views and it was at like 8,000 views or like something like that like yeah. ridiculous and i was like holy shit this is that pretty fast 8 million views or this is at uh it's 8,000 views this has been like 10 minutes so i remember i was i had my guy everett with me he he shot it with me um and i i edited it but um we were excited and you know we were kind of geeked and like at that point, I think we started to realize that like this could be something like pretty monumental. Yeah. And th the next day we woke up, it was at like 50k, and then like it got to 100k, and our families were getting involved, and like our girlfriends <laughs> were hype, and like it was just like this little movement that was going on, yeah. and like the views climbed. And I remember when we reached a million, we uh, we had a little celebration, and we were like, "Damn, this is you know the first time either of us had touched a million, and you know this guy T's blowing up and you know he's he's booking shows across the city and you know we built a good relationship with him he's fucking with us we're going to do more videos we were excited and um and you know a million turned into two two turned into five five turned into 10 10 turned into 25 25 turned into 50 50 turned into 75 yeah. and it was just man something you just never know yeah. you never know what's going to pop I and think combined, it's probably like at a hundred million or something. Oh my gosh! Yeah, between all the places where it's at, for, for sure, sure, one of the biggest songs to come out now, like in hip hop in the past year, in a couple of years, yeah. but like out of the city. Oh my like gosh! It's gotta be that shit was so monumental, man. And like, so how does that? How did that feel? Like, you know, waking up, like your it, girlfriend's calling you, like, oh my gosh, I hit a million. Yeah, and it just keeps you keep clicking refresh, and it keeps going no. up and up and up. And just for some context, if you watch the video, you know. I mean, it says in, in the first 10 seconds, it's like directed by yeah. uh, Nick Margetic and Everett Stewart, yep, which exactly. is your kind of production team with John. Yep. Yep. The three of MVP, us. Yep. Or BMVP. Yep. And that, and that actually first day out was like one, like our second or third video that like when we were like a team. So you already had a team set, like you're already setting up a team before. I had just set up my team yeah. before first day out. And like when first day out happened, we were kind of like, all right, well, fuck it. We might as well just like 
do some shit together yeah. because I had done, like I said, I had been hustling and grinding for like two, three years like, solo, you know, and I was doing, I was, I, I think at my peak when I was solo two or three years ago, I, I got a couple like, like six or $700, like maybe a thousand dollar music videos that I was hype on. And like, you know, the money was like secondary, but I had, I, I probably like accumulated about a hundred music videos solo, maybe like 120 and like some weddings and some corporate things. And, um, so first day out was like, I think the th- the fourth or maybe fifth video that I had done when I like started to build this, you know, team. Um, and then the team stayed consistent for like all the T videos that we did. So, um, it was super dope. So what, what was that week? Like, did your, like, did you like just rip everything off him? My price went up. This happened. Like, our price did didn't jump like super dramatic. I, we were already in the process of jumping our price up uh, at that time. And I don't know, like price is like a sensitive thing around here, but yeah. I really stopped caring a long time ago. Like I, I don't rip anybody off. I'll let you know exactly what I'm going to charge. And then I think I've, I like do more work than they expect for it. So like I didn't, I didn't just say fuck everybody. I'm popping now. I, <laughs> I cause I have this hustle and you know, mentality, like even though first day out was out and it was dope at the time, you know, it still is dope. I, I, I mean, I was already thinking about, okay, what am I going to do next? So, I was just ready to book more shit. And of course we had a little bit more interest after that. Yeah. But honestly, like right when first day out dropped, like we were starting to get, a, I was like getting a lot of interest. Like, and even like before it dropped a little bit, I was getting, I was, I was at a point where I was getting a lot of inquiries, probably like, probably like 10 or f- like five or 10 a day. Yeah. And what, were there any like, uh, label type of inquiries at this point? Or? <laughs> just independent labels, yeah. you know, small things. Yeah. Um, but no majors, no. Did you like, do you do you watch YouTube? Like, do you see all the people reacting to the video? Yeah, like, uh, yeah, of course. Channels? I watch all that shit. Yeah. Like, you know, Zayas is like that really big. Yeah, the two sh- dudes, oh my gosh, they react to it and they like flick the lighter. Yeah, no, that's super classic, man. Like, so it's it was probably fun, like seeing all that. Yeah, it was fun, man. And like, it's crazy because when like so many people have seen, because like I, I don't, I mean, eighty million people—that's a lot of people. I've seen your name, yeah. That's so like in your work, but, like, right? And like. You know, when we made that video, you know, we, we approach every video with the same mentality that we're going to do the best that we can right now considering our circumstances every time. So, like, you should shoot every project and make every project with the anticipation that it's going to get 80 million views because you never know what you're going to want to change, you know, or you never know, like, like, like what things you'll feel self-conscious about if it really blew up or what shortcomings that you might have, like, kind of ignored or passed over. Um, and I'm not saying we did any of that for First Day Out, but, like, even just growing so much in this last year, we've grown an incredible amount since first day out, you know? So even the growth during this time, um, you know, I I look back and I reflect and I appreciate like, you know, my, the younger version of myself and what I did, but of course I wish I would have done things different or I wish I would have cleaned up some things or I wish, you know, this would have been this because it was such a big audience. But you know, if you approach every project as though the audience will be that big, then I think that you'll definitely have your best results. And you are pretty young. How old are you when you shot the video? Twenty-one. And that was just a, like almost a, almost coming up on a year ago. Yeah, exactly. So, yep. Yeah, I mean that's that's awesome. Just to put in perspective for you, like my entire YouTube channel, I think is at like thirty million views. Oh, that's no, that's impressive too, man. But like, that's a bit like, and you've so so that's not. I mean, that's not the only video that's ended up reaching a million views no. for you. So mm-hmm. what was the next step? Obviously, you guys probably were playing chess at this point or thinking a little bit more strategically on how to to. capitalize off of this we had to so i mean at that time um at that time we decided that we wanted to start doing like what we considered to be like epic music videos so like we there was like a certain expectation there was like a certain they were like kind of like rules that were like being followed by like these like detroit videographers like the videos were very simple um they were like typically one or two locations nothing special and not a whole lot of coordination nothing that was like super cinematic so after we dropped first day out we said fuck it let's do treatments let's do original treatments let's do let's like push these artists like out of their like comfort zone and like do things that are a little bit more produced and you know charge more and just like make like sweeter more epic videos that are like feel like movies or feel like you know like you know like a feel like a music video so we started to play our cards like that and so we did a lot of treatment writing. We did a lot of coordinating. We, you know, gathered a lot of props and, you know, cashed out on a lot of relationships. And, um, you know, we started to play chess like that. 
Um, we did another video with T. It was called Second Day Out. Um, that was the second video that we did. It did not release for a little while, but we did that like maybe like three or four weeks later. And um, I was starting to get myself. Um, I was, I've always been musically like inclined myself. I was like I said, I was in musical theater and um, I like the freestyle. I was always involved with music. So around that time, I started getting into my own music a little bit more as well and recording at the house off Logic and you know that kind of shit. So I I knew that okay, my brand's building. I'm like recognizable out here. Um, why not try and diversify what I'm doing and you know start to sneak up on the music tip and in the meantime just make dope coordinated music videos so that was and keep up keep up the the relationships with our corporations so yeah. that we could keep you know steady income and things like that but also up the game with yeah. the music videos and then start to build something else yeah so you had what was going on already and then yep you had this other passion of singing that you're like that's something really important too for anyone who's finding success even with me doing this podcast you yep. know do like the 70% of stuff that's working and then 30% like try something new. Yeah. Cause so, so I mean your brother probably had a little bit of experience in that. Absolutely. You kind of like where, where are you trying to go with the, your own music? Uh, well, if I'm being honest with you, I have like, I mean, I, I wasn't expecting that T Grizzly shit to like transpire the way that it did. So a lot of the like lessons, like whether, whether they be like hard or like hard lessons that I've learned or like, you know, easy breezy lessons that I've learned, like a lot of them have been, um, I didn't really like, basically I've grown in ways that I didn't anticipate. So I kind of just had to roll with it and like learn on the way. Right. So like, as I was going through these things, I was learning about them for the first time, managing with labels, um, certain kind of certain invoicings, LLCs and protecting yourself and all kinds of like business formalities and like things that I, you know, I didn't think I was going to be there quite yet, but then I like kind of had to get into these or else I was going to, you know, end up getting hurt in the end. So with music, it's the same thing. Like I, I've been teasing it, you know, I've been making it, I've been getting a lot of support, you know, from producers and, you know, giving me free time and free beats. And, um, it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like once, once I decide to like pull the trigger on it, that I, um, I'm going to have a, a shot. Uh, so I'm, I'm just kind of having no expectations at this point. Yeah. I'm just going to let it naturally transpire and just do what I think is dope because that's what's brought me to this point is doing what I think is dope. So. Yeah. And so, so real quick, how did you assemble a team like in the first place? How did you find John? And right. Everett? Well, John in the beginning was just like the person who I trusted the most. And we had, you know, me and John have been friends since we were like three or four years old. And, um, I trusted him and, and he, you know, we had done short films together and we, we did a couple of little projects together. I helped him with a couple of his school projects and filmed it. And, and, uh, you know, not, not only did I trust him, but he's a creative guy and, you know, he's, he's a dope storyteller. So I said, fuck it. How about you come on with me? How about we, let's try this music video out. Let's do this wedding together. And, and then, then we veered for a while and we veered and he, you know, he went and he focused on his studies heavy. We we're still boys, but just working was, you know, to the side. So he went, he went into his studies and, you know, I, I, I learned solo. I, I made, I made my process. I, you know, I got equipment. I did a lot of things. And, um, when I got to that point where I was solo and I felt like, damn, I need, you know, some support if I want to like go to the next level. That's when I ran into my man Everett and Everett, um, he went to specs, you know, he's older than me. He's, he's dope. But, um, you know, for like all intents and purposes, I was still, it was, he was still, you know, coming into my brand. So I, I built, um, I built with him and um, he's, you know, he's a dope DP. He's a very good shooter. We have different styles. So like, um, I think that our styles complement each other. And, and when, when I end up editing videos, you definitely see, a, a, you know, a little bit of both of us in there. So um, he also had a lot of knowledge, like like technical knowledge for being on set. And um, he had a lot of experience with like being on bigger sets. He would PA and do that kind of stuff. So, you know, he, he kicked some game to me. And, um, you know, he also was like another reliable shooter and, uh, you know, he, he, he put his input in with direction and stuff like that too. So <clears throat> starting off with him, you know, um, in this new kind of like BMVP team that's like been established over the course of the last year, we linked up, 
we taught each other a whole shit ton. We did all kinds of crazy stuff together. We got shot at together. We every we got shot at. We got shot at together. We we got <laughs> need a, to hear this song. all kinds of stuff. And then um, you know John graduated, and I told him you know why don't you come back on with me? We you know there's money here, and there's opportunity here, and I trust. Like I said, trust is a big thing with me because everybody wants a piece of the pie, especially when you got you know when you're starting to win. Everybody's gonna try and capitalize on that. So John, I know he would never, you know, he would never have any secret agendas. I knew where he's at. I know, and I know that he's dope and, and you know he has potential too. So I said, "Fuck it, come on, let's go." And you know he grew with us, and now that's the squad right now. We the three of us have been you know working hard and probably did oh my gosh so many music videos in 2017 and all coordinated, all with different concepts, all kinds of locations in multiple different states. So. Yeah, definitely a come up. Yeah. So after that first day out video, yeah, or then you shot second day out, yep. which I think that also we, hit like 10 million. Or yeah, something, 10, maybe it's like five, 10 million, million, 18, something. I don't know. And then we did no effort, which is a big one. Yeah, no effort was like another follow up kind yeah. of like street smash. No, no effort was like, like his second smash. Yeah. Like he, he, he it did, like solidified it. Yeah. That was like, okay, he's not a one hit guy. And then obviously, like no effort dropped. And like it built, and I think it got two million views overnight, which was insane. Yeah. But um, no effort built, and then I kind of like plateaued for a while. But then like the, the like uh, Kevin Lyles from Three Hundred made this no effort challenge, like where people could like freestyle over the beat and like potentially get a record deal or whatever. And that like super spiked up the views again. So I got a second rush, which was dope. Yeah. Um, and I, I got to work with Mike Epps, you know, for no yeah. effort. Did you shoot that part in the beginning? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. was wondering because there's like two different scenes. Yeah, no, we shot that, and uh, oh my gosh, it was so cold. It was so cold, and uh, Mike Epps was like complaining about the cold and like we could only like shoot in like really short like moments and bursts and like gosh it's like sometimes we sometimes we have like these jagged scenarios to work with but we somehow make it work yeah and uh so how did you get to work with Lil Yachty after that yeah well I mean we had definitely already solidified our relationship with T he was, we, we could, he, you know, he trusted us and me and T actually became tight, you know, like I would show him some of my music, he, he'd fuck with it and um, we would, you know, talk about video treatments and we'd just kick it, you know, he, he like came to my birthday party and shit. So we were cool and like we both wanted to see each other win and obviously when D to the A dropped, it was a banger immediately, like that's probably my favorite T song um, and you know, I I really like I knew I wanted to shoot the video, but I didn't necessarily want to ask because I'm not I'm not pushy and I I try and let things like transpire organically. But um, yeah, when they, they you know they asked us, they said okay, so are you guys ready to go to Atlanta next week? And oh, bro, I could tell you about this story forever. Gosh, what's like D the to the A was 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 so moments. crazy to like put together. Well, first off, we did another video called Catch It. Yeah. With a grizzly, with a live grizzly bear. And we shot that in California. And we shot that the day before um, D to the A. So, like, we took, like, a red-eye flight to Cali to shoot that video. And then took a red-eye flight from Cali to Detroit. And then, like, you know, to shoot D to the A. The whole team is going? Yeah, the whole team went to Cali. The whole team came back to Detroit, obviously. And then just me and John went to Atlanta the next day. But um, we only, I think we shot the whole entire D to the A in, like, four or five hours. Yeah, and like how'd you get a helicopter on set? Oh gosh, (laughs) man, it's easier than you think, man. You just got to get creative. I mean, we do have we do have a Google at our fingertips. Yeah, Um, yeah. So we got the helicopter. It wasn't even as expensive as you might think. Um, Super dope. I mean, obviously, like I wanted the helicopter because like the theme of like D to the A like is like traveling, of course. And like, okay, what's what's flossy helicopter? We couldn't do a yacht. We didn't have time, so. We only shot by the helicopter for like 30 minutes because Yachty was like an hour and a half or two hours late. And then T, like right when Yachty got there, like hours late, like T had to go straight. He got called into to parole. So he had to go like straight there and like check in and like do like whatever he had to do. And that took him like an hour and a half. So like basically we sat there for like three and a half hours and just like did nothing. Yeah. So when we finally got like 30 minutes to shoot with them, we capitalized as hard as we could. And then we like rushed down the highway to get downtown Detroit to go on top of the Penobscot where we did those uh, like drone shots and yeah. stuff like over the city and we only had 15 minutes to shoot there so we probably shot in Detroit for only like 45 minutes or like an hour yeah. and then we all had to rush to the airport so that we could catch our flight to Atlanta 
And this was right after we had, you know, gotten back from Cali the day before and did a whole nother video. So we went to, a, and Everett had to, he had to stay home. So me and John, we, we hopped on that fucking plane. We were so tired. And um, when we got there, you know, we only had a couple hours to shoot in Atlanta and we shot at uh, the Bluff, which is where uh, Snow on the Bluff was, you know, the uh, a documentary was shot with Curtis Snow and shit. So, I'm not um, too familiar. Okay, Netflix. I actually just realized yesterday that the concept of the video that some of it was shot in Atlanta. I wasn't paying attention to No, hard. yeah, you're good. I, I realized that yesterday, like, oh wait, wait, they they went that's why the helicopter's there. They went yeah. to Atlanta. <laughs> so we have man, yeah, like I said. And and every, there's so much action going on in there. It's like Yeah. And we oh well, gosh, we had to we had to push it, man, because when you only have so much time to do something, you gotta capitalize or else yeah. like it, that's one of those things where it's like we only have one chance. So it's like we're not going to fly back to Atlanta. Like there's no way these schedules will work out. And like, yeah, maybe we don't have as much time as we want, but fuck it. We're here. We're doing it. Let's do it. Let's yeah. get what we can and just trap it out as hard as we can. And What's it like working with Lil Yachty's or he, directing him? Um, it was weird directing him just like it was weird directing Mike Epps because Yachty is, he's a little, he's particular, you know, he's, yeah. he's got his brand in, in mind and he's got his style and um, I didn't want to intrude, but at the same time, like I didn't want to be like a bitch and or, yeah. like, I didn't want to be like, like walk on eggshells because yeah. I mean you can't walk on eggshells if you're a director. If you want to get what you want to get, you have to get it. So it was humbling to working with Yachty and it was also it was different than what I was used to because I was used to people, you know, giving me a lot of respect due to my brand and my name in the city and Yachty like I was a nobody white kid. Like he probably thought I was like some random Polish guy yeah. and like who was doing this video. So it was like definitely a different approach i had to have so yeah. i would say overall it was humbling yeah a learning experience for yes sure. absolutely so i mean just right there i mean i'm sure you can get into a lot but that's just right there's like some big big videos all like back to back to back yeah i mean now right back to back. Pro i mean that video has like 20 million views like all of these are racking up like millions of plays right it's kind of crazy uh and that w when was that video like all like Six, seven months ago, eight months ago. April or May, so not too long ago. Yeah. I think it was in April we shot it. So, or I guess, yeah, that didn't, yeah, six, seven months ago. Yeah, and and like, where where'd you go next? Like, you've basically at this point, you've you've realized you've actualized a lot of things. Yeah. Like from that streak, and now it, it was it's up to you to kind of like, what did you do in that next? eight months span like yeah. following up well definitely after we dropped all those t videos you know i think we did six um we had a lot of buzz and uh we also did some videos with nisha and Nishay and you know she signed to rock and we we had some cool things going on there and we we started getting bigger budgets and we we traveled out of town a little bit more for corporations and um i guess to answer your question Aside from just doing more work and more videos and diversifying our artists and diversifying our income, I started to realize, okay, I'm getting, I started getting recognized at like gas stations and at places and people started, you know, calling me by name and it was weird to me. So I said, okay, I have a platform of some sort. I'm going to, and this is what I'm working on now, um, because we can do videos all day and night. That's not a problem. But now I'm trying to build this brand, you know, like this like Hustleberry Finn, BMVP, like kind of over the top, kind of just creative, spontaneous brand. Um, and just, just you know, with myself at the forefront and, you know, my, my team as well. And, um, you know, I want to I want to I want to build my YouTube platform and I, I want to start dropping my music. And I, I've been getting crazy reviews on it so far. So, like, you know, uh, you never know what you never know what blessings, you know, are waiting to happen. So I definitely want to build my brand. And I want to be, I want to try and like strive to be like a household name instead of just being like known in like the community and like yeah. kind of like, you know, like an Instagram thing. And I would, I want to build a brand that's, you know, successful and a, a brand that like can speak for it. So it's can stand for itself. Um, it's something that where it's like, you know, people anticipate a new, you know, a new rap song from T like, and, and people like, might, you know, might really like our videos, but I want people to anticipate the next BMVP video, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Instead, yeah, like something that they're looking forward exactly. for you guys, like all the way. Exactly. And to have that, you know, we have to have the right plat, like we have to have the right platforms and like, you know, mediums for that. So we got to make sure that our website's popping. The YouTube channel's got to be popping. Social media's got to be popping. Everything's got to be legit and on point so that like when people are anticipating, they know exactly where to go to get it. 
and they know exactly how to spread it. Yeah. So I guess right now I'm going to kind of like try and tighten all that shit up so that we can really like, you know, rocket launch off into the industry because we definitely have what it takes. Yeah. I and, mean, are you are you getting interest from more industry type of people who want to yeah. bring you bring your whole thing into their machine? Yeah, we're starting to get interest now. Um I mean, and like I I keep saying we we do some work with corporations, but you know, bigger corporations are reaching out to us. Um, even, even after like, even after we did that catch it video, you know, I, I linked up with Sonny digital and he, you know, he, he wants to get, he wanted me to get involved into his and into what he's got going on. And now we're, we're working with more independent labels. And these are people who are willing to put like, you know, like all five figures into videos. And, and, um, we're, we're definitely like at that point where it's like, okay, if we capitalize now and if we sacrifice now, then we can set ourselves up for like not just doing it, but doing it our way, yeah. which to me is, I mean, essentially everything because I didn't come into the game so that I could be like told what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what everyone, that's like the dream. That's the dream. That's my dream. And yeah. that's many's dream. And I'm just thankful to have made it this far, yeah. honestly, but I'm not satisfied. Yeah. And that's just what I was telling you before we even started recording. Like you asked me, what do, what do I want to do? I was like, well, I just kind of want to like, do things my way and, right. and make be able to live doing it. Yeah. So um uh I feel like we've hit on like a lot of like the major moments the upbringing. Right. Is, is there anything I missed? I mean, explain the getting shot at story. Oh, like gosh. super quick. It, yeah, unless it, you don't want to No, no, no. It's it's so. okay. I'll I'll <laughs> Well, this was just this is just like some shit where it's like you all of a sudden realize, okay, I am in Detroit. <laughs> you know, we were we were on the West Side. You know, doing a music video, promo video at that time, like eight hundred dollar job, like a year ago, and um, uh, we're shooting. We don't really know these guys, and you know, uh, for the most part, it's been good. I've never really had anything stolen, or I've never like I've been threatened, or like I've I've always been good. I've been respected. I've mostly just tried to be myself, and people get like a pretty authentic vibe for me typically so i haven't run into too many issues but i guess like as a result of not running into too many issues this was especially shocking because you know my guard wasn't 100 percent up and you know we are in some of these rough areas shooting music videos in detroit you know like it's kind of, it's just it is what it is it's part of the game and like i was so used to it that i was numb to it and it was kind of like okay well here i am i'm gonna do my shit and i'm gonna leave but this particular time, I don't know if the rap artist had beef with someone in the neighborhood or what the fuck was going on. But, you know, we're packing up, getting ready to go to our next location. And, you know, there's some our peripheral vision. You know, we're in our car and we see some rustling in the bushes. And then out comes this kid, you know, in a white tank top. We look and we see, you know, something shining in his hand. And we both kind of look over like, what the, what's going on? What is this? And then... Before we see it, we hear it. And it's like, and it's that moment where it's like, like it takes a second to register. And then when it does register, you're just, all you can think to do is like duck. So I remember I went to go duck, you know, like in my car. And so did it, you know, my partner. And we kind of like looked at each other as we were ducking. And we were like, and it was like we weren't laughing at the time at yeah, all, it's but absurd, it was like, obviously. yeah, it was it was insane, and you know it was scary. So that definitely woke us up, and um, I thank God, you know, we didn't get hit, nor did the car. I don't. I think he. I think whoever you know was shooting was filled with adrenaline, but um, and most of the rounds probably just kind of went into the air or off to the side, but. Yeah, man, we got out of there and and we and we said, okay, well, we're gonna do two things. We're, one, we're gonna stick together for you know, a while, and two, we're going to be cautious. And my, he ended up getting his CC dubs, and um, we you know we just we just upped our overall, the, yeah. our 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 vision over our backs, and you know that's that kind of shit happens out here, and it's like I don't want to be in those situations yeah. forever. I feel yeah. like I had to ask that for because someone we dropped it earlier and someone probably would have like killed me for not asking that. But yeah. it, it tells a good story, you know. Yeah, it's not all fun and games all the time, especially when you're. So a lot of these music videos, like they're waving guns at yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Real, and the stuff they're talking about is real. 
someone might have beef with them or yeah another time another time man i I won't mention the artists but and they were popular but you know i was shooting a music video late at night 18 years old i had no idea where the fuck i was i was like on six mile you know deep east late at night and um for me it was just super normal but you know like we were shooting and we had a little fire going on and then like eight undercover cops pull up and like circle around us and like all of a sudden here I am like with this camera and like this hundred dollars in my pocket like what what did I just get myself into and they start asking for IDs and all kinds of stuff and I'm like oh my god are you serious you cannot be serious but it's real you know and it's like it's not anything to brag about like I'm not saying this now to brag about it I guess I'm just saying this because it happened and and those are the sacrifices that you're talking about. Yeah. Either. Like, I mean, yeah, aside from your, aside sad. from your time and your comfort. Yeah. Sometimes you got to sacrifice. Sometimes, I mean, you got to risk it to get the biscuit, right? Yeah. So what could people expect from you next? Like where, where do you want their eyeballs at? People YouTube can channel? expect for us to always be doing, uh, to always be switching it up. Uh, I, th- I thrive off of spontaneity and I have a lot of really cool ideas that I, you know, that I have a great team backing me. And, um, we are just going to constantly try and up the game in creative ways. We want to, we, in, in 20, 2018, we definitely want to break a, a, a Guinness world record. Um, we want to maybe start drafting up our first film. Um, I'm going to be dropping a lot of music. Uh, definitely keep an ear out and an eye out for that. Um, and we're, we're just going to be up in the game. Our videos, everything's going to be more coordinated. Everything's going to be crispier. We're going to be investing in more equipment. We're going to be doing, we're going to be doing more vlogs. You're going to get to know us a little bit more. Um, we're going to build and grow and expand and we are going to probably take the show on the road a little bit too. I like that. Yeah. The Guinness World. I'll I'll just wait to see what the Guinness World record yeah. is. Yeah, wait on it. We'll wait on it. I can't. Every magician's <laughs> got to keep a, a couple of tricks up his sleeve. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'll I'll link all the relevant stuff in the notes uh, wherever you're listening to this on YouTube, iTunes, wherever. Uh, where where do you best want people to connect with you, reach out to you if you said something that sparked right. their mind in this podcast? Well, I guess right now, honestly, the best platform would be my Instagram. Um, I like I need to. I'm I'm working on developing my website. Um, I have one. It's just not where I want it to be. And I'm also working on developing my YouTube channel. But right now, I guess the best way to get in contact with me would be my Instagram, which is at Hustleberry Finn, um, H U S T L E Berry F I N. And you can shoot me a DM. Also, if you go to the contact, my email is right in there. We check our email regularly. Um, and I think that there's like YouTube links and you can, you can find shit from there, but that'd probably be the place to start. Um, and then my, my website is bmvpdetroit.com and, uh, our YouTube channel is just B B E M V P as well. So awesome. we're going to be working on all that, that linked up. Any last things you want to say? Final words? Yeah. As a, as a closing statement, I would say whatever you're doing, whether it be video, whether it be recording a podcast, whether it be going to school. Do it like there's 80 million people watching. Because it's better to stay ready than have to get ready. It could happen. And if you stay ready, it can absolutely happen. And it can happen like you never imagined it happening before. It'll blow your, your own expectations out of the water. And I'm just gearing up for that now. And I can't wait to share it with the world. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nick. Thank you, Justin. For taking the time. First video podcast guest. Let me know what you guys thought. If you guys are listening on iTunes, uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can see all the latest episodes. Leave a rating. If you're listening on YouTube, you can subscribe. Leave a like, comment below, and definitely reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter, whatever to let us know what you think i love when you guys reach out after you listen to the episode there's my favorite messages i'm sure nick would love to hear what you guys thought if you enjoyed this and thank you once again for listening i'll see you guys in the next one cool dope man that was great how'd it go